Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Thanks so much, uh, Pastor Darren. I'm not sure about this business of being a travelling preacher, but at any rate, I think I'd... I think I just am so uh, so used to preaching. If somebody will help me, I'll go miles for that. <laughs> Praise God. Before I come to the Word, I just want to honour our senior pastors, Darren and Bronwyn, who uh, manage week to week an incredible tension of being Pentecostal, absolutely fired up by the Holy Spirit, of a church that's been mandated by the Holy Spirit to ensure that you, week by week, have the confidence to invite all your unchurched friends without a worry. Pastor Darren and Pastor Bronwyn manage that incredibly, incredibly well. And, and you know, if you're... Really, I'm just the old guy on team, you know, self-proclaimed as that. Um, so I don't have a lot of qualification other than that. Um, but I want to speak tonight about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, really, my only credential is that I've spent uh, 30 39 years of my life trying to develop well a relationship with Holy Spirit. That's not outside or additional to a relationship with God, God my Father or Jesus Christ my Lord, but equal with that. And so... Before I really get into this, I want to say that there's a lot of teaching around the church and has been forever and a day or since the turn of last century, 20th century, uh, about the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit and, and how he operates and how he doesn't operate and there's conjecture and all sorts of stuff. And, and people say, well, you know, I've experienced this, I've experienced that and so it must be right. But, you know, not always does our experience line up with the Word of God. And, and I want to tell you tonight that it must. Now, if it doesn't, what happens is that, that there's a mix of Holy Spirit and you. And really, that's always the case. But what we need to do is to find a way to temper the me that the Holy Spirit might be absolutely able to manifest his work through me or through you uh, without any credit coming to me or you. And so that's where I want to really major tonight. And, and I want to say this, that in those years since uh, Vicky and I came to Christ... We experienced the miracle of having a child that we were told we'd never have 11 months after we came to Christ. As a young Christian, 
I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to travel 330-odd kilometres to the Central Coast to pray for a man who had uh, lymph cancer with a lump on his neck the size of a golf ball. And I simply told him, he wasn't a Christian, I simply told him about the love of God. He didn't receive Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. I asked, could I pray for him anyhow? And he said, I wouldn't know what to do, mate. I said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. I said, you just sit there. I'm just going to put my hand on that thing and ask Father to take it away. How about that? And four days later, uh, the the medical team uh, that were looking after him were amazed that that was gone. They did two CAT scans on him because they didn't believe the first one to find no trace of cancer in his body. When we were pastoring the church that was those days Blue Cross here way back in the uh, 80s and early 90s, um, they brought a child to me, six months old, uh, who was a twin and who, had, who was deaf. doctor had said he's deaf. And next week, take him to ear, nose and throat to prove it. Meanwhile, they brought him into church asked the eldership to pray for him. So I held him in my hands and, and, and prayed for him. And as I prayed for him, he received his hearing like that, proven like that as his head would turn, a child that had never turned his head to any noise. While pastoring in Coffs Harbour, uh, the mentor, one of my mentors, Pastor Al Hibbard, his uh, daughter had a child, newly born, uh, maybe eight days or something, and uh, had this difficulty, took him to hospital, and they said he won't make it till the morning. And we went up and prayed for him, and now he's a worship leader in a church in New Zealand, uh, married, and I don't, think, I don't know whether he's got children yet, but yeah. You see, it's all about what God wants to do. And, and all we have to do is be just ordinary people that learn to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. So, let me say this. The gifts of the Spirit are grace-based. They are not performance-based. The gifts of the Spirit are grace-based. The disciples came to Jesus after he'd sent them out two by two and they came back and said, you know what, even the demons obey us. And they thought that was reason to party. And they were really happy about that and they thought, this is exciting, you know, we've got this great power. They had no power except that which God gives them. And Jesus said this to them in uh, Acts one, uh, sorry, Luke 10 verse 20. He said, nevertheless, do not rejoice about this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The one thing that you and I can be glad about is a simple gospel. The one thing that makes us all identically the same is that we're saved by grace. We're brought into the kingdom of God. We're no longer of this world. 
merely by the grace of God, or not merely, but by the grace of God, not by anything of what we've done or who we are or how good it is. You know, all God wants from you and I is that we would be willing vessels for His use. And in order to be a willing vessel for God's use, we need to be able to position ourselves for that. And so it might, it might be good if we just have a look at a few, a few scriptures about the Holy Spirit. I really don't want this to be a, an in-depth teaching because if it's an in-depth teaching about the gifts of the Spirit, then we're here till the grand final starts next week, okay? Um, so that's not going to happen, but I want to just outline them. Uh, and firstly, I'd like to just point us to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And here Jesus is speaking to his disciples immediately before he ascends into heaven, after his resurrection and before he ascends into heaven. And he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the the first and foremost thing that we see about the Holy Spirit coming to us is that we be empowered to be his witness. Now I want to tell you that if you don't take up the empowerment of Holy Spirit in your life to be a witness, then it's very unlikely that he's going to be able to use you in any other way. Not impossible because with God all things are possible, aren't they? But you see, what we do is we create a, a block. So the first thing that we need to do if we're going to be motivated by Holy Spirit in our life day by day is we need to accept the empowerment of Holy Spirit that we might be His witness. That's the witness of Jesus Christ, Saviour and Lord. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11, if you want to read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, right to the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And, and when you get to chapter 13 and there's nothing written there about the gifts of the Spirit, don't discount it. It's the most important part about the gifts of the Spirit, okay? So... So here is an outline of the gifts of the Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, two things that I want to really highlight there. One is that this is the manifestation of the Spirit. This is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's not the manifestation of Lee Martin. It's not your manifestation. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And it comes as he distributes to each one of us, each one of us, probably better spoken, every one of us who's willing, who positions themselves to be used. 
and he distributes to each as he wills. Now, there seems to be some confusion that about spiritual gifts and gifts of the Spirit. I want to tell you that there's a difference between spiritual gifts and gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit are part of spiritual gifts, but not only. So these nine gifts come from Holy Spirit. But there are spiritual gifts that come from Father. You see, in the beginning, God created everything. And everything that's creative in you is a gifting from God the Father. Everything that's a talent and an ability within you is a gifting that comes from God the Father. And, and there's, that's limitless. So we can't just say that there's nine spiritual gifts. Or a book that I read, 27. Um, the fact is that God gives us gifts that are spiritual. Then Jesus Christ, when he ascended on to heaven, gave gifts to the church. You can read about it in Ephesians chapter 4. And they're ministry gifts. They're gifts to the church that are defined as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And so Jesus Christ gives these spiritual gifts to the church. And so you get people who are utilised in, in those giftings. Then there's a whole mass of others, which I haven't got time to go into, because this would take a term in your syllabus at, at Bible College, okay? So, so we'll just do the shortcuts. So then there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are spoken about at length here. Now, the reason they're spoken about here in Corinthians is because Corinthians was a church that was so out of order it needed to be straightened out in these things. And so, I don't know, there must have been heaps and heaps of stuff going on in Corinth that would make you and I shudder. And we'd probably never have gone to that church. Maybe in the early days of my salvation. <laughs> okay. So, so I want to really meld in with all of this teaching how we position ourselves. Because the one thing that I am absolutely convinced of and would love to convince you of is that Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself in and through you. And that each one of these nine gifts, I've heard people forever say, oh, well, that's not my gifting. That's not my gifting. Well, you know, if I'm down the street and somebody falls down having a heart attack, I've got no way of knowing medically how to revive them. That's not in my knowledge bank. But I've sure got a way of knowing how to pray for them. And, and you know, if Holy Spirit quickens it to me and says, Lee, pray, pray, pray for that person, command them to be healed, get them standing up, and I say, oh, wait a minute, that's not my gifting. 
Uh, no, my gifting's in a word of knowledge and prophecy. <laughs> Die. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Is Holy Spirit doing that? Of course not. Of course not. You see, Holy Spirit will use you in any circumstance you find yourself in and He will manifest whatever gift is needed at the time. All you and I have to do is to be willing vessels. To learn to build a relationship with Holy Spirit that's moment by moment, day by day. That commences your day with, a, with, with, with a, a, an aspect whereby you say, Holy Spirit, I, I don't know what's coming today, but you do make me aware of everything that you want. It's as simple as that if it comes from your heart. If it comes out of religious chat, then forget it. So it's not, it's not creepy, it's not scary. There's three power gifts which I would call speech gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Now the tongues that's mentioned here is not the same as when they talk about tongues in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19. Very different. That's the tongues that is associated with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But here it's talking about the use of tongues when we come together as a congregation to worship the Lord. And so it's an extension of what happens in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Still, are we still here? Yeah. Nobody's gone home? Cool. Okay. So there's three gifts there. There are speech gifts. And you know, the church generally seems to want to... Um, major on those three gifts when we come together and yet they're the three gifts that they have that Paul had the most discussion about trying to get them straight on he didn't he didn't have a lot of time trying to straighten them out on on uh, the next three gifts which are the mind gifts or the gifts of the mind if you prefer and that is um, let me check some notes uh, yeah, word of knowledge word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. Now, a word of knowledge is not something that you have a preconceived idea about. Or it's not something that God quickens to you to say where, about something you have partial knowledge about. A word of knowledge is something that you have no knowledge of, that God gives you the knowledge of, and he gives it to you for a reason. Uh, I, I don't believe that every time you get a word of knowledge, it should be spoken out. In fact, in my, in my lifetime in Christ, I would say that 90% of the word of or words of knowledge that God has given me, that the Holy Spirit's given me, I have not been able to speak out. But they've been given that I might understand and know circumstances that I would otherwise not know often accompanied with a word of wisdom so that I might be able to minister into a circumstance that a person is going through at the appropriate time. You speak a word of knowledge out of season, you're going to hurt somebody. You speak a word of wisdom out of season and what you're really doing is becoming directional over their life. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. 
And the Holy Spirit is, is soft in his nature and he's caring. And he's, uh, now, it's not to say that, that when you know something about somebody, that Holy Spirit can't prompt you to bring a word of encouragement. Of course that will happen. But we're just talking tonight about the nine gifts of the Spirit. We're not talking about the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You know, all, all this stuff comes f- not from teaching, but from reading your word and just meditating on it and, and living moment by moment with Holy Spirit. It's, it's not going to come to you because somebody's given you a certificate to say you had all the right answers in an exam. God forbid, I'd have never passed that. And then there's uh, the three power gifts, which are the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, and miracles. Now, whilst the church, is, in the Western world at least, has been strong in exercising the three speech gifts, we probably haven't been as strong in exercising the three power gifts. Why is that? Well, it's because we feel our own inadequacy. And, and there's a sense of concern and fear. How much time have I got? Yeah, well, a little bit longer. There's a sense of fear and concern. And what if I get it wrong? What if, what if I put my hand on somebody's shoulder and, and say, be healed in Jesus' name, and they're not? My, my response to that over the years has been, they're not. <laughs> Why not? Maybe, just maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I wasn't in touch with Holy Spirit enough at that moment. Maybe the depth of compassion that I should have had at that moment wasn't there. Maybe somebody else was praying that didn't have faith. Maybe the person that was receiving didn't have faith or enough faith. We don't want any of those answers to be right. Come on. But sadly, they, they, they are. You know, I think a guy by the name of Smith Wigglesworth, who was a tremendous preacher in the early part of the 20th century, he said, in in connection with praying for somebody that's sick, he said, you must have your heart in the thing when you pray for the sick. You must have your heart in the thing when you pray for the sick. You have to get right to the bottom of the affliction. You have to get there with a divine compassion and then you'll see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. You know, sometimes we just do all this stuff because we're instructed to or it's the church thing to do but you know if 
if you come forward for prayer, I, I've sort of got to that place where I don't often ask people, if they come forward to be prayed for for, the, for sickness, I don't ask them. If they tell me, that's fine, but I don't ask them because sometimes illness and affirmities are really private. But rather, I'd rather ask Holy Spirit as to how I should pray for them. And, and then pray. And then I ask, is there anything else or is that covered or did I get it wrong? Because if you pinch me, I'll go, ouch. If you cut me, I'll bleed. I'm a human being, I therefore make mistakes. I therefore don't always get it right and either do you. But you know that should never stop us. And it doesn't matter how many, have I ever got it wrong? Oh, look, more times than you'd like to think or more times than I'd like to admit I've got it wrong. But I don't go and lie down and say, well, you know, Holy Spirit didn't use me. So <laughs> no. What we need to do is say, Holy Spirit, I, I don't know about that. What, what, you know, Sorry. The reality is that if you are going to be used by Holy Spirit, there's two major things. One, you know, my Bible says in two, it says in James and it says again in Peter, it says that God resists the prayer, but he gives grace to the humble. And you know, every every gift of the Holy Spirit comes out of grace. It's grace-based, okay? Not performance-based. It's grace-based. And so, humility of spirit needs to be at the foremost of us being used. The other thing is we need to wait. We need to wait on the Holy Spirit. Now, that waiting shouldn't be when, when you're faced with a circumstance or a situation that the Holy Spirit wants an instant action on. That waiting needs to be daily. That waiting needs to be in your, it needs to be a part of the rhythm of your life. To wait on the Holy Spirit, to know his guidance and direction. Know his guidance and direction in the small things in your life. Then you'll know his guidance and direction in the big things in other people's lives. The gifts of the Holy Spirit in Northwest Church, we choose, we choose to honour Holy Spirit's mandate to this church that for 140 minutes each week, we will not exercise those gifts in a public way. We don't stop exercising the gifts, we just don't exercise them in a public way for 140 minutes out of the week, okay? But the rest of your day, the rest of your hours, day to day and week to week, you should be available for the Holy Spirit to work through you in whatever capacity that he sees and deems to be right for the moment. Because he is God, 
And he has empowered you to be his witness that he might work through you. Because, you know, it's, Jesus said that these signs will follow the preaching of the gospel. And every sign and gifting of the Holy Spirit follows the, the witness and the preaching of the gospel. If I'm not witnessing for Jesus, I'm sure as heck not going to want to pray that somebody gets up out of their sick bed. But if I am, you know that man that all those years ago that I prayed for, he got saved the day before he died about six months later. He didn't die from cancer. He died from... Uh, a medical complication of taking a drug that the doctors had told him not to take because of the chemotherapy they'd given him. And he began to bleed out of the pores of his skin. And I took the trip again. And he gave his heart to Jesus and died the next day. You know, the glory is not in the healing. The glory is in God. And it's to God. And it's for God. And, and all we have to do is to say, you know what, I want to glorify Him. I want to magnify the God who so graciously saved me out of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of His beloved Son. You're not an earth dweller, you're a kingdom dweller. I'm no earth dweller, I'm a kingdom dweller. Empowered and graced to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us in conclusion that we should desire the best gifts. We need to desire those gifts out of a deep compassion, a deep compassion for others with an intent to bring God all the glory and all the honour. We need a deep love. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 is right in there. Do not, do not take the gifts of the Spirit lightly. Nor think that the Holy Spirit can't use you. He used a donkey once. That's why I guess he'll use me. <laughs> he is such a good God. Would you come to your feet? I want to pray. God of all grace, who has called us to an eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, work in each one of us. Lord, let us know deeper a relationship with Holy Spirit who you sent, Father, to be with us and to be in us and to overflow us and to use us and to empower us. And Lord, 
let us be humble enough to never say that, God, you wouldn't use me. Let us be humble enough, Lord, to say, Lord, I want no glory, but all glory be to God. Lord, strengthen the faith of each one of us to seek that relationship and to be available, Holy Spirit, for you to use us, that the kingdom of God might be manifest here on earth everywhere we see hell, everywhere we see a result that is against God. Lord, use us to manifest your glory and your kingdom, which belong to you forever and forever. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.